0: Welcome to the Thanks for Waiting podcast. I'm your host, Erin Lowry, a perpetual question asker, change enthusiast, wife, runner, mama, and eternal optimist. Together, we'll go deep into the mindsets and behaviors that will help you to recognize your potential and build the life you've always dreamed of. We'll frame or reframe our mindsets to see the world of opportunity directly in front of us. We'll share real life tips and guidance toward building confidence and empowering ourselves and others so that instead of looking at life sorry that we're not yet where we want to be, we stare into the face of opportunity and say, Thanks for waiting. I'm ready to dive in. Hello, welcome back to the Thanks for Waiting podcast. This is Erin Lowry, your host. Today I'm gonna share some thoughts on one of the most frequently asked questions for sure that I get from young professionals whom I coach or I work with. Uh, I actually recently did a poll on Instagram about this, and the general community also had questions related to this topic. So it seemed appropriate to dig into it and open a conversation about. And that question is, how do I find a mentor? How do I start working with a mentor? How do I get mentorship in my life? Uh, It's a really common question and it can feel a little bit intimidating. I know, just speaking personally in my own life and career, I can say with absolute certainty that I wouldn't be where I am today without the support and the wisdom of men and women who have shared their stories, their experiences with me, and have helped to see me through different challenges of my own. Or maybe they've just helped to create a roadmap for what success looks like based on what they have done. Uh, Some of them, to be honest, have just provided sort of a nod of sanity that whatever the thing is that I want to do can be done. It has been done. Uh, It really is one of the most valuable resources that you can tap. I think the whole concept of mentorship, I kind of think of it like a square on the monopoly board where you get to pass go and collect $200. Sure. You can't buy a whole monopoly board with 200 bones, but you get a, a jumpstart toward planting your little greenhouse on Illinois Avenue, for example, which actually fun fact, Illinois Avenue, the Illinois Avenue property is the most valuable property on a monopoly board. It's not the most expensive, uh, but it's like most likely to bring you a return on your investment. It brings you that cash money. So there you go. You're welcome. All kinds of wisdom. You didn't know that you needed. Um, so Anyway, getting started with this concept of mentorship, I think it's first important to demystify the whole concept of learning from somebody else. It's also important to level set around where you should be seeking mentorship from. So the first thing I would say is that you should always seek mentorship from someone who is experienced in a thing that you want to grow in, right? You wouldn't take an engineer's advice on how to perform heart surgery, I certainly hope. So you're not going to be looking for guidance in, let's say, personal or business sense from someone who can't speak to it from their own experience, who hasn't walked the walk and talked the talk with it. And second of all, I think there's an appropriate way to seek mentorship, especially when we're talking in the context of a one-to-one relationship, and it does not start with reaching out to someone that you want to mentor you and asking if you can buy her a cup of coffee and just pick her brain. Please don't ever do that. If you take the, if that's the only thing you take away from this podcast episode, please don't ever do that cold outreach again. But I will talk to you about how to do that better, how to get mentorship In a one to one capacity without asking if you can buy someone a cup of coffee. So, without further ado, I'm gonna dive into five of the ways that I have used personally and found success in getting the most out of mentorship. And translating someone else's experience and their background and their guidance and their wisdom into actionable steps for me to help get to where I'm trying to go or to help navigate a particularly challenging season or specific thing that I'm trying to get through. Okay, you ready? Start taking notes now. All right, the very first way to get the most out of mentorship is to read more read more. You probably didn't expect me to say that. But the truth is books have been written by people who you want to emulate and learn from, right? These are You can choose whoever you want. There's a huge number of books available to you. Just check out your public library. Check out Audible. Check out Libby, which is actually a really cool way to rent audiobooks from your local library. So you're supporting your local community and also getting the audiobook that you want and for free. But anyway, books are written by... People sharing the very best of the advice that they have to give. You know, no one's gonna spend time working with a publisher, writing, editing. From all I've heard, writing a book is like the most grueling experience you can go through. People are doing that because they want to give you the perfect end product or the most perfect end product that they can give. They're giving you all of their best thoughts, words, insights, stories, whatever it may be. And it's an invaluable peek into the their most useful pieces of guidance. You know, I think sometimes we can think that or feel like reading someone's book doesn't actually sort of quote unquote count as mentorship because it doesn't necessarily feel personalized But the truth is that there are thousands of different resources that cover thousands of different topics with thousands of different valuable perspectives. So you can curate and create a personalized experience based on the different books that you're reading. And the nice thing is those insights from various different books or people, they're going to resonate with different people at different, in different ways. They might resonate with the same person differently in different times because of where the reader is at personally. I know I can speak for myself in that I have read and reread books multiple times over, and I've taken something completely different from them each time I've read them because of where I was at in that specific moment. I can give one very real-time example. There's a book on negotiation, which I love and I recommend to anyone, whether you're in sales or Otherwise, if you're just in business, honestly, if you're just in life, going through through life, maybe you're in a, a partnership, a marriage, something like that. And honestly, these tips come in handy as well. But the book is called Never Split the Difference. And I first read it, and like I said, it's a book on negotiation. I first read it when I was a really young sales rep. I was just entering the world of sales and negotiations. And so the lens that I was reading it through was very green. And the things that I took from the book were totally different than when I read it three years, five years, seven years later, I've read it a few times. Now I kind of make a point to come back to it. And I take something completely different from it each time because of where I'm at personally, what context do I already have? What do I already know? And what am I working toward in that moment? So I encourage you to just challenge yourself to read more. The other nice thing with reading books is you can always find something that's like the book that you just finished. So there are algorithms now, whether it's Goodreads or I know Audible has, I love Audible, um, but they have something like this too, or just a Google search where you can find other authors or other books by the same author. you can really round out your knowledge on a subject Just based on getting really dynamic with the books that you're choosing. So don't think of reading books as impersonalized. Think of it more as the perfect way for you to curate a personalized experience on the topic or experience that you're trying to learn more about. Okay. Option number two or route road. Number two that I take is to listen to and watch interviews of the people that you want to learn from. So it's not always possible certainly to have a one-to-one relationship with Simon Sinek or Brené Brown or these people who I mean a mentorship experience with them to sit down in front of them and have one to one would be solid gold that's not always possible okay but when you listen to an interview that someone has given you can take from that a lot of the same values that you would get from a one to one experience depending on the context of the interview certainly so There's that part of it, which I'll come back to, but it's also really helpful to hear people's voices. At least for me, I know I love to hear, I love listening on Instagram stories when people talk to the camera. I love watching YouTube videos and interviews, um, because it, it feels or it gets gives you a feel for what that person is like in real life and it helps the message that they're sharing to stick a little bit more because you're adding personality or they are per- adding personality to the experience. So things like podcasts, da welcome to the space, uh YouTube videos, they're super helpful ways to learn from people. I think in in a unique way to hear storytelling and hear their voices to help commit whatever it is that they're trying to share to memory and help it to resonate a little bit more. It's also a really great opportunity to learn many different perspectives on a specific topic because you can just topic surf in a podcast app, for example. So just search a keyword or search on a specific topic. Or like I said, you can search by a specific person to hear all of the different interviews that they have done. And the interviewer is going to be different each time. And so you might hear, questions that you didn't hear in previous interviews. And you can, again, sort of create this well-rounded exposure and experience for gleaning the insights that that person has to share. Um, I also love to hear a number of different takes on the same concept, concept. So you could, like I said, if you're topic searching, think of a keyword. Maybe you're really interested in online marketing or digital marketing there have been hundreds of thousands, I would be willing to bet, of different podcast episodes recorded on that exact topic. There are experts in the industry like Amy Porterfield or Jenna Kutcher. There are also others who have had completely different experiences and have shared and talked about what works for them on that topic. So it's a really cool way to sort of, again, curate the different ways that you can learn about something specific. Another really helpful tip $2 tip here is to search a hashtag on Instagram, for example, or on social media and see what different reels or videos or posts pop up related to that specific topic. So again, using digital marketing as the example, search that hashtag and see what content creators have already put out about that topic so that you can kind of, again, get that mentorship and get guidance without having to have solicited a one-to-one relationship yet. A third opportunity to get mentorship is to join a group, join a group. This sounds like maybe a crazy thing to do in a post COVID world where most groups I feel have dissipated or they've remained only in zoom, which is at least in my opinion, sort of losing a little bit of luster at this point, but you would be surprised at how many people are directly available to you to act as mentors or thought leaders or sounding boards for growth and development. And there are hundreds of groups, both locally and online, and there are different, you could use meetup, you can use, if you just do a, a Google search in your area about, again, get specific about what it is that you're trying to receive mentorship for and do a Google Google search for communities or groups within your area. Um, People are always looking to provide knowledge on areas that can benefit you, and my guess is that you could have something to teach and share back within that group. That's one of the things that I really like about a group environment Mm -hmm. is that everyone has something to bring. Everyone has something to offer. Even if you feel that you would be the most inexperienced on a specific topic within the group, chances are you've had a life experience or business experience that would be relevant to somebody else. Or maybe you have a connection that would be helpful to make an introduction from one person to another. So it's a really helpful way, again, and and when you're in a group environment, you might have chemistry with one or multiple specific people, and you can form one-to-one relationships from there, but starting with a Google search and just knowing, be know with absolute certainty that within whatever city you're in, within your city, there are meetups or groups happening for people talking about something that's important to you. I can guarantee it. Sometimes these groups are in the shape of a really insightful blog or a free Facebook group. Don't discount the value of a Facebook group. Sometimes I know I tend to steer clear of Facebook myself because sometimes it's providing the exact opposite type of content of what I'm looking for. But when you get invited to a specific niche group uh, for one specific topic, you can have really helpful, fruitful conversations um, and again, you're learning from others who have something to say on that topic. Sometimes you can seek out different paid seminars or coaching sessions. So I've done this as well when there's a very specific uh, topic. So let's say leadership or being a really great manager. There are tons of different opportunities and training forums where you might go through a paid experience. Maybe it's a weekend or a, a like certification, something like that. Um, but there are tons of different training opportunities in that way as well, where again, if you don't have a mentor top of mind to you, it will help to connect you with individuals who are qualified to speak on the topic that you're interested in and bonus tip here. If you're pursuing some kind of a paid seminar or certification, see if your company will expend the registration costs for you for one of those paid forums. A lot of times companies are eager to invest in the development of their employees. So as long as it's something that's relevant to the job that you're doing for the company and you could prove value as to how you're going to improve and increase the value of the company you're working for by going through this session, a lot of times I would say, eight times out of 10, seven times out of 10, companies are willing to engage in a conversation related to sharing the the burden of the cost to getting you through that seminar. So just something worth asking about. Uh, Another um, sort of thing to keep in mind, regardless of what your mode of mentorship is, if you're engaging with a person, so if you're going through – a group format or forum, or you're going to a seminar and a session where you're likely going to be set up with a kind of group leader who's aligned with what you're trying to accomplish, or maybe you're going to meet a one-to-one person. Maybe you already have a one-to-one mentor. The very first piece of advice here, which is really tip number four in the grand scheme of this episode, but it's to be prepared, be prepared to niche down And figure out exactly what it is that you're hoping to take away from that experience. If you are able to nail down one-on-one time with a mentor, you need to do the work beforehand to prepare. Okay. They, in a one-to-one person-to-person situation, whether it's Zoom or you're meeting live that person is offering an extreme value to you in their time and in their experience. And so, the best thing that you can do is to honor that time with your preparation and your openness. So, a rule of thumb I would say here is to figure out what it is very specifically that you're hoping to learn. This is not generally like, I'm hoping to start a business and I need to know all of the ins and outs of how to do that. That's not. Going to provide a fruitful mentorship conversation. Maybe it's something more specific, like I'm trying to grow my email list and you're learning from someone who has done that really successfully, or I'm trying to get promoted into a specific role at my job. You have, you mentor, have done that already, or you have had a really similar career trajectory to what it is that I'm trying to emulate. You're not trying to get mentorship on how to do the whole thing, a whole 10, 15 year career but maybe you can get guidance on how specifically to prove value in your role right now to merit a promotion into the very next step. So get super specific because while a mentor can help you to fill in blanks, but based on his or her own experience, you shouldn't rely on them to sort of write the whole chapter. You can't put the burden of work for getting you to where you want to go on the mentor, so to speak. So Spend, uh, what I generally say is spend twice as much time preparing for that meeting as the time that you'll actually have with the mentor. Of course, that's not a firm rule, but let's say that you have a 30 minute coffee date with a mentor. You want to make sure that you're coming in with very clear questions. And if it takes you an hour to outline those questions, your clear objectives, to get a firm outline from what you're hoping to achieve, then take that full hour to do it. This is going to, first of all, it's going to communicate respect for the investment of time that your mentor is making in you. And it's going to put you in a position to get as much from their guidance as possible. You know, sitting in the aura of someone who has done something you want to do or who is impressive to you is not actually going to translate to results for you. So you need to have some kind of thought organization, write down the three or the five most important things that you're hoping to get from that conversation. And when you wrap up your mentorship session, make certain that you and your mentor are aligned on what your action items should be from that, or what are the next steps that you can take and translate into tactical or tangible results moving from there. It's also really helpful and important to be prepared with what your ask is going to be coming out of that session. Is this a one-to-one engagement in which you you were lucky to get the time and you're just going to take it for all it's worth? Or is the context of this relationship going to be on a more recurring basis? Be willing to kind of have that awkward moment where you ask the mentor to what degree is he or she open to engaging with you in the future. I can tell you right now, The more prepared you are going into that meeting and the more engaged you are, the more sort of in it and and fully understanding what you're hoping to get from it, the more likely that mentor is going to be to want to engage with you in future occurrences. So have that conversation as well, which is, you know, are we going to meet? Would you be open to meeting on a quarterly basis or on a monthly basis? If they say yes, help to outline what you are going to accomplish or what you're going, you're going to take from that meeting and implement over the next course of time before you meet with them again so that they can actually see that their investment is working out positively for you as well. And that kind of leads me into step number five or, or general rule number five in getting mentorship is that you have to own your actions. Regardless of if you're receiving mentorship through anonymity, so you're, you're reading books, you're listening to podcasts, you're filling in all of the gaps for mentorship through your own curation, or you're in a one-to-one environment, you own the actions. What you learn is only as valuable as your willingness to implement it. So Yes, mentorship can give you tools and it helps you to strategize an action plan, but ultimately your success or your failure, to be honest, rests on your commitment to do the work and apply what you've learned. Hold yourself accountable to taking initiative with the guidance that you've received. Your mentor can certainly help you to set a reasonable action plan and, and check in with you and you guys can build a progress report together, or maybe you're taking tips from my previous episode, uh, the one right before this related to action planning or excuse me, goal setting and action planning against that. Check in with your progress independently at, you know, regular interval intervals prior to any subsequent mentorship sessions. So maybe that's setting a calendar reminder for yourself every month to check in against what is it that you learned from XYZ mentorship you received? What are you planning to and strategizing to actually implement from there? All right. A lot of talking. Generally speaking, my recommendation is to try to nail down some kind of one-to-one mentorship at least once a quarter. That's a really good rule of thumb so that you can kind of consistently, you've got four touch points then throughout the year to check in against your goals of course, content is available to you 7 365. So that means that you can be filling in the gaps of mentorship and you should be with books, with podcasts, with um, interviews and YouTube videos or whatever it may be do that on a regular basis. I'm not going to tell you the very perfect specific way that you can do that. I will say one of the most consistent things from any person in history who has been successful is that he or she reads every single day for a certain amount of time. So maybe build that into your daily practice to read, um, again, insights or something useful related to a topic that you're interested in. But in all, it's really important to set sort of a structure to your year. That might not be realistic and practical right in this moment if you don't have a one-to-one mentorship already, but taking some of these other actions that I mentioned, finding someone through a group, finding someone through a hashtag and reaching out to them on LinkedIn or on social media, maybe sliding into their DMs on Instagram can really help you to start build the building those one-to-one relationships. I'm going to spend two seconds, probably a little longer, talking about something I mentioned earlier in this episode, which is please, for the love of God, do not reach out to someone and ask if you can buy them a cup of coffee and pick their brain. Anyone who is successful has probably gotten that message from multiple people. It's a real bummer. Let me tell you, it's a real bummer to receive that because think about it. If you're reaching out to them because they've had some sort of success, chances are they can buy their own cup of coffee. No? Yes, they can what you're doing with that is you're putting the burden of mentorship on the person you're trying to get mentorship from, right? You're asking them to give something to you without providing anything to them in response. Sometimes you may not have anything that you feels that you can offer to them as a sort of give and take scenario. So yes, I think a really good rule of thumb when you're asking for anything is to offer something in return. You might feel like with a mentor that you're trying to engage with that you don't have anything specific to to them that would be helpful. Sometimes you can get a little cheeky if you've got some sort of relationship with them and say, you know, I don't have anything to offer in the way of business, which I'm trying to learn from you, but I can teach you how to create a killer sourdough starter something like that. No, but really what you can offer to them is your preparation. What you can offer to them is your, your specificity. So I'm not saying that you should never reach out to someone cold. It does help to have a warm introduction. So if you have a, you know, a mutual connection or a mutual contact, that's a great place to start. But even if you don't, even if you're brave enough to reach out to someone cold, I would always start with, first of all, tell them what it is about them that has inspired you, what it is about them that they've accomplished that really lights your fire. So, hey, I've been following along with your journey. I've seen the success that you've taken this company from, you know, since January of last year to right now. These are the two or three specific things that I'm really impressed by and that made an impression on me. I'm hoping to continue learning. I'm trying to emulate X, Y, Z things that you have done. Would you be open to a 15-minute discussion to talk about or to share your experience with one, two things, one, two, three things, whatever it may be? So make your ask really specific so that that person, first of all, they don't feel like they're just being fish hooked or cat hooked or whatever the word (laughs) is into a relationship where they don't know what's expected of them be very clear about your expectations. And also you're going to give them some level of confidence that their time is not going to be wasted sharing insights to someone who isn't going to do anything with it. So your preparation, your organization, and your specificity is going to be the single most important thing that you can offer to someone you're hoping to get mentorship from. I hope this was helpful. I hope that You take this and run with it to start getting mentorship of your own. I hope within the next three months, maybe six months, you have a standing one-on-one relationship with a mentor. Even if you don't, don't feel discouraged. Don't feel despair. You can find so many different ways to get the information that you need to get one step further. And just know that just because you don't have, if you don't have a one-to-one mentor right now, doesn't mean that you can't or won't in the next week month, three weeks, three months, whatever it may be, there's always that opportunity when you start from a place of investing in yourself and trying to grow yourself and be a little bit better today, tomorrow, and every day forward thanks for your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Leave any comments or questions that you have in the notes here or in the the comments here. I'd be more than happy to address it in future episodes, or we can engage in a one-to-one capacity. Shoot me an email. Um, Thanks for your time. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for listening to the Thanks for Waiting podcast. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And I would be so appreciative if you would leave a review and let other listeners know what you loved. You can also follow along with my daily happenings on Instagram at aaron.france or check out my website aaronlowry.com forward slash podcast. Be well, do good.